0: NAD Ministerial presents Multiply. Multiply, Baptize, Equip, Plant with Jose Cortez Jr. I want for us to turn there to the Old Testament. I'm going to read this. Welcome just the... to the <laughs> <E-Hidal. laughs> And this morning we're
1: having a baby dedication, you know, every now and then. We baptize you now
0: in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son,
1: and in the name of the
0: Seaborn Spirit.
2: We're about to go eat. I want to thank you for the food. Is there a second to the motion? To present to you the happiest newlyweds in all the land. buenos días amigos, God give us
0: strength and power to live like you told us to live. I'm Patricia and welcome. What does a woman, a declining church, and a railroad have in common? We'll find out today in this amazing story as our host, Jose Cortez Jr., talks to Patty Crouch.
2: At at, at the beginning of the ministry, she did not want me in there. She put her hands on my cheeks a couple weeks ago, and she says, I want to tell you something. I I sure doubted you were the one. I, I didn't know that God was the one that chose you to be the pastor of our church, but I was wrong. She said, you have been a wonderful pastor to me. All of that doesn't compare to what you taught me. And she put her hands on my cheeks, and she said, you taught me how to love more. We've got lots of great actionable insights on the way.
0: More in a moment. We want you to know that we are here as a growth resource. Go to nadministerial.com and click on podcast for everything you need to multiply your ministry. Our guest is Patty Crouch. Here's Jose.
1: Volunteer pastors are vital to the mission of the Seventh-day Adventist Church in North America. Everyone, welcome to the Multiply podcast from the campus of Andrews University. This is Jose Cortez. And right now we're in the studios of the Adventist Learning Community. More specifically, the space dedicated to Advent Next. And I'm here with someone who is super special, someone whom I love a lot, someone whom God has used mightily. uh, And her name is Patty Crouch. Patty, how are you?
2: I'm good, Jose. And how are you? I'm
1: doing okay. I've been uh, here for a few days in Michigan, enjoying myself. I know that you're from Michigan. You're a Michigander, right?
2: originally i so was born in michigan you were
1: born in michigan how mm-hmm. does it feel to be back home
2: it's good to be here I, there's good. not enough snow <laughs> <laughs> but so
1: you you don't mind snow right no i like the snow you actually like the mm-hmm. snow i like the snow for the first two or three days that's fine yes. you know but after that you know it's it, snow is beautiful hey why mm-hmm. not right so and we've kept saying throughout our podcast here that we love michigan Michiganders mm-hmm. is how you yes yeah mm-hmm. right so uh, we're in a great place uh, yes. on the campus of andrews university had you ever been to andrews before
2: no. First well, time on the no, I actually was years ago, maybe 35 years ago. Oh, wow. So I was here for a concert. A yes, it's, it's changed, changed a lot. lot.
1: It's a lot bigger now than, yes. than, than back in the day. But hey, you're not, you're not that old. You know, how could you have been here? 30? That was when you were four, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that one. <laughs> All right,
1: right. <laughs> but it's so good, so good that you're here. And you're a volunteer LA pastor. And your last uh, place of assignment was in Perry, Florida. And I understand that right now you're taking a, a, a sabbatical to take care of, uh, of your dad.
2: Correct. Correct. That's right.
1: So, Patty, tell me about uh, tell me a little bit about this. How did you become a volunteer lay pastor? What happened? You were there at the Perry Church, and uh, what happened?
2: Well, I was at the Perry Church, and I was um, working with the youth. I, I was actually allowed to work with the youth. It
1: you were was, allowed to work with the youth. Yeah,
2: one one of the places that the um, members would allow me was with the kids. And so I was working with kids, working with youth, and um, we had opened up a place called U-Turn Ministries to have U-turn it. U-Turn Ministries? Yeah. All right. It was um, in an old house that the church owned, and so I was working with kids out there. Uh, on a weekly basis, we would have kids over there.
1: So you were enjoying your work with kids and, and yes. youth and everything. But one day, someone from the conference showed up and said something, right? That uh,
2: yes, yes. Um, What happened was our church had um, just kept going downhill. It would have one pastor. Yes, one pastor after another, after another, and they would just always come and go. And um, it got to a point where the conference was actually going to close our church. They
1: were going to close the prairie church. Yes,
2: they were going to close it. How many
1: people uh, were left at the church at this point?
2: At that that point, we may have had an average of a a dozen people attending. attending. Okay. Uh, When they said that they were going to close it, you know, once in a great while, we might get 20, but most of the time it would be eight to 12 people coming.
1: And they said, we're going to assign a volunteer lay pastor to this church.
2: Yes, they did. They said, we close it down, right? Yes. They said we weren't going to have a a pastor um, anymore. And we didn't qualify for a pastor to to be there in the community anymore. So they said they were going to um, give us a volunteer lay pastor, which they did. And unfortunately, he was there about a few months, and he ended up dying with an aneurysm.
1: Oh, my goodness.
2: So after that happened, they came back, and they said uh, they couldn't find anybody else that would come and take care of the church. And we tried to find people, but they wouldn't, so they asked me if I would do it.
1: So it was either pretty much closing the church again or having a volunteer lay pastor, or they were not thinking closing anymore?
2: No, they were going to close the church. They They said, they said, you know, some of the some of the members were really fussing a lot, and they were saying, no, we want a pastor coming, and and the conference said, here's the deal: you're either going to take a volunteer lay pastor, or we're going to close the church.
1: Wow, where were the closer closer churches to Perry? Over an hour. Over an hour. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so you.
2: So we would have to go over an hour. So, one of the one of the men from the conference that. Came to evaluate the situation. We started talking together and praying, and he said he would try to come up with with a solution so we didn't have to sell it. And he contacted me back and said that he was really praying hard. His name is Bob Bocas. He was okay. a wonderful no man. No, Bob. And he said he prayed about it, and he really didn't want to see the church close. And he said the Holy Spirit told him to ask me to do it.
1: Oh, my goodness. Is this Bob Bogus, Pastor Bob Bogus? Yeah. I know Pastor Bob Bogus.
2: Yeah, Pastor Bob Bogus. He said, Patty, the Holy Spirit told me that um, you needed to be the lay pastor, and I told him he wasn't listening correctly.
1: (laughs) You readily said, yes, I've been waiting all of my life to do this. No. That's what you told him, right? No. You didn't say that?
2: No. How come? Because I didn't want to be the pastor. You didn't want to be? Why? No. Well, for one, half the congregation didn't like me because I was different than them. I was, you know, okay. a Michigander. <laughs> <All right. Okay. laughs> but um, yeah, I, I had no interest at all in being a pastor.
1: You were busy with a with few young people you yes. had left. Yes. So no interest. So you said no.
2: I said no. I said no several times. And mm. Pastor uh, Bob Bogus called and prayed with me one day. And he said, "Um, please rethink this. I hate to see Mm. them close the church, but that's what's going to happen. So I was actually working at the time as a chiropractic assistant, and I took my lunch break, and I went to the church, and I got down on my knees, Mm. and and I started praying. Mm. And I said, I can't do this. I'm not qualified to do this. I've never went to a college or a school to be trained to do this. Um, Mm. I'm just not equipped to be a pastor. I'm the least likely person to, to pastor this church lord please help us please help us and god spoke to me jose mm. and, wow. and he literally spoke to me and you he said it. will you look around i have always used the least likely Mercy. if you would trust me that is true and you would allow me to work through you i will do it mm. so i said okay i'm the least likely getting
1: goosebumps right here <laughs> as you speak to me because what you're saying is so true
2: yeah, wow. he, I mean, he literally, said, I mean, I got goosebumps too. And and I was like, Lord, you're really going to do, you're working with a mess here. Mm-hmm. And he says, I do. And mm-hmm. so I, I told, I called Bob and told him and he just like shouted and <laughs> was excited. <laughs> and, and he said, you're going to do this. And he, I know Bob has prayed for me throughout the years for this.
1: Praise God for, for using uh, broken people to, to serve and to bless broken people yeah number one and praise God for people uh, human beings who can see a promise in us when we don't think there is a promise within us is that does that make sense uh, absolutely you had God and Bob is working together there to get you to become a volunteer yes yeah. can I
2: can I share something sure. very personal with you sure I met my husband in a bar Mm. okay in Niles Michigan right here oh wow! just a few miles away I, yes here. and um we got married when I was only 18 Who years to old him first did yeah. you talk
1: to him first he thought, I've he
2: all I, I'm I'm the one that went after him You went after <laughs> him. oh man
1: is Brian that good looking my goodness
2: yes he's a good man <laughs> he's a good man I'm right. I'm lucky <laughs> My but, goodness but uh, I'm sure he's very is, blessed too yes no I don't know about that <laughs> But I will tell you this, we weren't we weren't walking with the Lord when we met, mm-hmm. and we went to the bars, mm-hmm. and we drank, and we mm-hmm. carried on. And when we gave our hearts to the Lord and we were baptized, I would have never, ever thought the Lord could take somebody out of a bar mm-hmm. that drank and uh, smoked pot mm-hmm. and cigarettes and everything else. I never thought that the God could use a couple like us for the ministry. My goodness. And that's why I told Bob, no.
1: What a surprise were you in for?
2: Ugh. Well, God delivered us. And I knew if he could deliver us, that there were other broken people out there going through the same thing that we did. But we need, we need them. so many
1: more people like you in church. You mm-hmm. know why? Uh, people that have experienced the forgiveness and the mercy of God in very special ways. I think we all have, but some of us don't realize it, you mm-hmm. know. So, so that way we can, we're able to extend that same forgiveness and grace and mercy to others. Yes. We need people like you in church. Mm. So you said yes, then?
2: I said yes, and I actually told the Lord, "I'll do it for maybe three months till you find somebody."
1: <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be a short-term uh, volunteer lay pastor. Yeah,
2: he had other plans. I I stayed there for how long? About ten years.
1: Ten. Oh! So what you wanted for three months, God gave you for 10 years. Yes. All right. All right. So question, how, how do you start preaching and doing some of the things? That, did it go well? Because you went from like totally not doing this to doing this.
2: Yes. Um, no, it, it didn't start out well. It did <laughs> um, I worked with youth. I worked right. with kids. And you were some, used to being real. Yes. And I'm still kind of <laughs> like that. Right. But don't change please I came you know I came in um, working with kids and so the first thing they would let me do is like I could tell a children's story you were
1: the volunteer lay pastor but they still didn't let you do some things right yes oh mercy okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that changed that all changed I know and God t- God took care of that but um you know beginning and being the lay pastor well, I said that if I we was going to be the lay pastor, then we needed to straighten some things out in that church. And the conference first. said, "Okay." Yes.
1: Right. So, what happened uh, when you were telling this uh, children's story?
2: Oh yeah, there, there's this this really sweet lady that is in our church, and um, and she's a piano player, and she's very proper and very very kind and um, very reverent, and and I'm like all over the place, and so I told a children's story, and I said. um, poop, in, oh, the poop in the
1: children's story oh my goodness
2: <laughs> and so I she
1: went for a loop right yeah
2: she, yeah she did she went she went nuts and she <laughs> said sometimes I make her like crawl under the bench because I would say in a she, she it to her thought it she thought they were inappropriate All right and I said well you're lucky I only said poop <laughs> I mean you know <laughs> come on <laughs> I'm I'm new at this more, right?
0: <laughs> but Uh-oh.
2: but uh I want to tell you about this lady. Yeah. In okay. the beginning, uh, you know, she was nervous about all the little things that I would say or do. And and God actually has shed a lot of that mm-hmm. inappropriateness off me and a lot of it. And he chose to leave there. But I Taking went.
1: some out and he left some. Yeah. He knows why he left that some, all right?
2: <laughs> yes. But I I went to visit this lady a couple months ago and she's older and not feeling as well. And, and she's been with me, um, at at the beginning of the ministry, she did not want me in there, but she stood by me every step of the way. And we've grown close and she, um, she put her hands on my cheeks a couple weeks ago, and she says, I want to tell you something. I, I, I sure doubted you were the one. I, I didn't know that God was the one that chose you to be the pastor of our church, but I was wrong. She said, you have been a wonderful pastor to me and to our church, and you've made beautiful changes, and, and we wouldn't have a brand-new church if, if it hadn't been for you. And she said, "But all of that doesn't compare to what you taught me and she put her hands on my cheeks and she said you taught me how to love more Mm. Ah. and for me if i didn't teach anybody anything in that church if i could teach one person or all of them to just love more Mm. that's enough for me because isn't that what it's all about jose
1: that's what it's all about you know and there is a song that goes, what the world needs now, is love. Oh, yes. love you. Mm-hmm. you song, yes, you know? yes. It's not in the hymnal, all right? No. But it's still true. That's true. But you know, there was someone who said that even before the song came around, and that was Jesus.
2: Yes. Amen. Right? That's right.
1: So what the world needs now and what the church needs now is love, sweet yes. love, all right? And we all need yes. it. Yes. So, my goodness. Uh, wow. So uh, you started, you know, speaking with some ina- inappropriateness at points, but... but People began responding somehow, right? Yes. Right, and then you said we need to sell this building.
2: Yes, we we are. You said, this
1: building is condemned, right? We need to yeah. sell, this, sell this building, something yeah. like that, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: The church, well, that building was a small building on the railroad tracks. Every yeah. time railroad somebody tracks. would preach, okay. the the railroad would blow the horn, and, right. and we try to speak, we have to stop and wait for it yeah. to be done, and and it. Had cracks, and you know, like I said, it had cracks in its foundation. All right. But that was nothing compared to the cracks in the foundation of the people in that church. Mm-hmm.
0: More with Jose and Patty in a moment. We'd love to get to know more about you and your ministry. NAD Ministerial is dedicated to your growth and success. Go to our website, nadministerial.com, click on podcast and sign up so we can keep you connected to the best tools, information, and events to help you multiply your effectiveness in evangelism. Oh and make sure you like, rate and subscribe to the podcast. And all of Jose's social media contacts are on the website as well.
2: nadministerial.com. Now, back to the interview. And the people in that church had our church had a bad reputation in our community. Had a bad reputation in town, yes. right?
1: And that's very sad.
2: Yes. So they were called the Saturday worshipers.
1: That's what that's what they called you.
2: Yeah, there, right? when we moved there from Michigan, um, so we were kind of like outsiders coming in. And so we heard things about the church mm-hmm. and that was what we heard. Oh, they're Saturday worshipers. They think they're the only ones that's going to be saved. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they worship, <laughs> they were considered worshipers of a day instead of worshipers of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they were racist. I hate to say well, it, it but they were seasoned. also racist. Wow. So there was, um, lots of things said in the church and in the community by members that were
1: so the church was kind of known for some of the wrong yes. reasons right mm-hmm. and the yes. right reasons okay
2: so i i just really felt like we needed to get out of the building and sell it and get away from that reputation Those and people were not going start to, over the
1: community were not going to come to that building right for sure
2: even if the inside the hearts changed they were going to associate that with what it was.
1: Judgmentalism and, right. and criticism and, and racism.
2: Yeah, self-righteousness and all of that. So
1: There is nothing that does more harm to to God's mission and to the, God's work than seniors who think they have it all together and they feel yes. that it is their duty to judge everybody else mm-hmm. and to mistreat and bully everybody else because they are different. Right. Okay? So, okay, so what happened? You you called the conference and you said, I'm going to sell this church.
2: Yes, we went, we we had, after we tried to clean up our hearts and get things right Mm -hmm. and we had um, an evangelistic meeting, uh, because I wouldn't let them do any of that until they got it together. We went and had it in that building that we did our youth events. Okay. So then I called and told Pastor Alan Machado. Okay.
1: I said, he's the president of the Florida Conference right now. He was the director of Volunteer pastors back then, yeah.
2: Yes, I said, um, yeah, he's an amazing man. Yep. I love him. Me too. Um, so I said, We need to sell that church because this church has a bad reputation.
1: And he said, and Sure, let's sell it.
2: He says, Well, that's that sounds like a good idea. We should talk about that when I come. And I said, Okay.
1: <laughs> so. What do you do after that?
2: After that, I listed the church and sold it. <laughs> and then. The next
1: time he shows up, the church is already sold?
2: <laughs> yeah, I called him and gave him building plans <laughs> <laughs> of a church that we wanted to build. So
1: he said, what do you do, Patty? What's what's going on?
2: Yeah, I told him we sold the church. <laughs> I <laughs> oh, didn't know all the rules, see. You didn't know all of, the rules, you no. know.
1: And they sure have known that, you know, when they asked you to serve, you know. So yeah. you just sold the church.
2: Uh, yes. Right. And then we ended up contacting Maranatha volunteers. All right. And they helped us build a church. And we ended Beautiful. up putting the foundation in. And then I called the conference and says, uh, "We need some money now." And they said, "For what?" And I said, "Well, we were done with the foundation." And they was like, "What? <laughs> Wait a minute!" <laughs> and so a whole group of people came to Perry <laughs> to tell us about how we needed to get you it done. You had never
1: right. had so many visitors from the never in Perry, right? <laughs> no. Never in your life. No. Right? So all of a sudden now uh, you're you're building the new church and all of that stuff. What happens to some of the people that were not happy with that with that transition?
2: Oh, the. Yeah, some, well, as soon as I was assigned as being lay pastor, like four of them left. And then as soon as we built the, started to talk about building the church, then four or five more left, you know. You had
1: 10 to 12, so how many do you have now?
2: You know, when we first moved, started having worship over in that building, we only had like five or six at that time. Okay. But then it started growing in the house.
1: the house, right. You know,
2: church isn't just. You went Church, to your house, right? Yeah, Pretty much. Yes.
1: In the meantime.
2: Yeah, we did that until. So you have five, six people. Yes. Wow. And then we started getting more and more. Um, I mean, you know, after after you have five or six, when you baptize twelve, that's
1: hey, huge. Yeah, that is really awesome.
2: And then you know, thirty they, more. Did they allow
1: you to baptize them? Were you able to baptize them?
2: Yes, I baptized them.
1: Oh my goodness! So here's a volunteer lay pastor who is a woman, uh, sells a church, uh, goes to a house, begin, you know, restart the relaunch church from a house. That's kind of like planting a church.
2: It is planting a church.
1: And then you got to baptize. Yes. Twelve, and then oh wow, all right. Yes,
2: over thirty. There's I've baptized over thirty.
1: Oh my goodness!
2: So the and I know that's a small number to many. No, but for Perry,
1: Florida, with 11,000 people in the community, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is great. Okay, so question. So what do you do to get those people to the house or to the church? Okay. Uh, I'm sure that you did some things. What, what was it all about? Oh.
2: A couple of things. We would go out into the community, um, go into apartment complexes and areas that we knew that there were single mothers living, raising kids, or people with low incomes, mm-hmm. and um, we would take them food baskets or diapers mm. or uh, things that we knew that they would need.
1: You would do this on a regular basis. Yes, All right. And talk we would to them. Give,
2: give, you know, tell them that we were there for them. We invited them to our open mic night.
1: Open mic night, can you tell me about that? Yes. What's that? What's oh, open mic?
2: Open mic night is something we would do every Saturday night. All right. And we had worship service by inviting the community, people from the churches. We put notes at the school, in the um, stores, and things like that, and asked them if they liked to do poetry or mm. sing, play guitar, instruments, or anything like that. And people came. People came. <laughs> So they would come and we would, um, they would come up and for open mic night, we would have worship, we would praise the Lord and they would be the ones leading people from the community. Wow. And they like it. And then after that, we would do about an hour of the, the music and things like that. Then we would, um, go outside and have a bonfire and we had that building set up with a pool table and ping pong and air hockey and basketball and games. And we would... Play games with them until midnight. I and mean, we'd always stay till about midnight.
1: So that was your evangelism. Yes. Awesome, and people were coming. Yes. And you ended up baptizing a good group of them. Yes. What else did you do? You did a special ministry for the single moms. You did um, open mic night. Yes. Uh, what else? Anything else?
2: Um, well, going you know, <laughs> going into the community yep. part, you know, and, and doing things like that was and providing things that they needed was okay. like a big thing. But I think that the open mic night and the activities there really made a big difference um, because in church before it would be like here on um, one side would be the, you know, a couple of older guys. The other side mm. would be a couple of the younger people and they didn't like each other. Mm. But after open mic night, they started coming together and, the older guys would be at that pool table shooting pool with the, the eight young. years old or oh, the eighteen year olds, and they'd shoot pool, and they They're would beautiful. they would start they started loving each other and enjoying wow. each other's time instead of can't wait to get away from each other. And so that was a big part. We also um, did free free marriage counseling for people. Uh, We provided um, anyone that wanted to quit smoking and couldn't, we would buy the the necessary things that they would need, um, like the patches or send them to the doctor. We would help finance things like that for people, Uh, people that had um, problems with addictions and drinking. We would help them, counsel marriage. Uh, Everything we did, we did for free.
1: So a church that loved their community, Yes. And the community started flocking to the church. Yes. So how many people do you get into the church? You know, I, you were in five, six. What happened?
2: Um, well, we had, you know, when we were so small, we we're still small, maybe 30 or 40 people okay. um, that worship together and uh, several of them have been baptized and have joined the church. Uh, some of them haven't and they still... You
1: are part of the Church community.
2: They're still part of our church community. We have a gentleman that comes in and plays guitar every week for our worship service, and he's not (laughs) baptized and a member of the church, but he is a member of our church. Mm -hmm. He don't have to be on a books to be a member of our family.
1: So it's it's part of the family. Yes, right,
2: and and that's what we've done is provide them a family.
1: And your best service, you tell me, is Saturday night service.
2: Saturday night services, yeah.
1: So the open mic.
2: Yeah, that's that's our favorite. You know, when I was there, uh-huh. that was our favorite time to do was the Saturday night services.
1: And you've told me that there have been times when you had over 100 people in attendance. Yes, we. For some of especially activities and events.
2: Yes, when we would do an event and um, and have a, spe- a specific thing where we could invite them and spend the whole day and night together, and um, our competitions. Kids mm-hmm. like to compete, so we would have competitions and things, and they would they would come. And there was a couple times we had over 100. Wow.
1: You would have never thought that God was able to do something like that through you. Never. Yet he did.
2: Uh, I still am dumbfounded with that one. I mean, but he said the least likely, and and, and that I am. <laughs>
1: well, listen, we have thousands of people listening to this podcast, and there are some people who are on the verge of accepting the, the opportunity or the call to be volunteer lay pastors. What would you say to them?
2: A volunteer, for, for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, the Volunteer Lay Pastor Program has helped me grow immensely. Okay. Um, helped me overcome um, many things as, as far as confidence and mm-hmm. things like that in my life. Uh, and I want to clear up something about the Volunteer Lay Pastors right. because I've heard it said too many times that we don't need volunteer lay pastors. Mm-hmm. Volunteer lay pastors are not good for the church. They are mm-hmm. going to just take the jobs for the of the pastors. The
1: pastors yep. I've heard that too.
2: But that's the craziest thing I ever heard, Jose. Yep. Because... Tell me why. Let me tell you. Our church was going to close down, mm-hmm. and we weren't going to have a church anymore, and we weren't going to be given a pastor that was trained here at Andrews University. Right. Uh-huh. Um And I see pastors work so hard taking care of two and three churches. Mm -hmm. And if a volunteer lay pastor come in and took one of those churches that may be struggling or may be smaller or, or whatever the case may be, if a volunteer lay pastor came in and took that church, that would take a burden off of that pastor and he could work better in the one church. So, as a volunteer lay pastor, you were
1: never <clears throat> trying to take the job of a pastor. On the contrary, you were trying to help pastors.
2: We want to be a part of a team. Yes, take the burden from them and share the burden with them. And just because we don't get paid doesn't mean that we're not passionate. Exactly. I, or, that, heard, or,
1: or that your ministry cannot grow. Look right. at your ministry.
2: I have worked with volunteer lay pastors going to the ch- classes that are awesome, awesome volunteer lay mm-hmm. pastors, and they are growing churches, mm-hmm. and some of them are women.
1: Yep, yeah, praise God for that.
2: <laughs> and and they are growing churches, and they're doing wonderful. And I think that, that they should be included as part of the team and part of the ministry. for the so seventh, No reason seventh, to seventh fear church.
1: volunteer lay pastors. No reason to fear. No. Embrace them. Yes. And let them be right next to the pastors doing the work of God.
2: And work together and love each other. <laughs> That's right.
1: Patty. thank you so much. I, I have enjoyed your, your story so much. And I know that many who are listening are probably right now saying, wow, God can really use us. If he's used Patty, he can use me. So my advice for someone who is trying to, thinking about the possibility of becoming a volunteer lay pastor, pray about it. Uh, but yeah. keep, you, keep your mind open to what God wants to do through you. But he did, and look, she would not be able to tell that story today if she hadn't listened to, to God's voice.
2: Well, thank you so much. And I couldn't have done any of it without my husband.
1: Oh, my goodness. Brian is awesome, right?
2: Brian is an amazing man, and, and for him to support me every step of the way and encourage me to do it, and, and he da, does all the things that I cannot. Like, he does all the media stuff, okay. <laughs> you know. So I, well, I think that we need teams
1: when you get back home, you give Brian a big hug from I me will. and also to your dad. I hope he feels much better. Thank
2: you so much. Okay,
1: buddy, I love you. And, and, and I know North America, you know, because you've spoken at several of our events and activities and they've seen what you've done. We all love you. Okay. Thank you for being that woman who, even though you felt unqualified, you allow God to use you. You are an example and an inspiration to me and to thousands, perhaps millions of people. God bless
2: you. Thank you so much, Jose. And, and I love you too. And, and Brian sends his love, so right. thank you.
1: Patty, thank you so much for having been with us here. And to our friends, I hope to see you soon uh, in another episode of our podcast, Multiply. God bless you. See you soon.
0: Thanks, Patty and Jose. Make sure you sign up for our email list and don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to connect with Jose, home base for all things multiply is nadministerial.com and click on podcast. I'm Patricia. Until next time, keep going, but most of all, keep growing. Multiply multiply a best practices podcast is a production of nad ministerial executive producer ivan williams designed by howran hill for anything is possible produced by kendra arsenal with christina massino edited by Taizi snyder